fifth year of podcasting is coming to an end, and our sixth year is about to begin, and of course it all happens by grace, and because of listeners who listen in regularly and who pray for us, and who sacrifice financially to support the work of DesiringGod.org, thank you, all of you, for your role in this ministry and this podcast. And of course, New Year's bring with them new beginnings. And uh, that leads to really sweet questions like this one from Jennifer in Indiana. Hello, Pastor John. I'm a longtime listener and just one of the many ways you have impacted me is that I have a whole new excitement for my retirement years, which uh, I have just entered. I just read your little book, Rethinking Retirement. My husband and I do not want the American dream. We want to go to unreached peoples with the gospel. Can you give those of us who want to do this a practical plan for how to take our very first steps in this direction? How do retirees like us go to the unreached? Do you have any examples to help envision us? Oh, my. (laughs) This is just too good to be true. This is just too good to be true. May there be millions of Jennifers out there. This is amazing. This is glorious. I I just want to come out of my seat when I hear that. There are there are seventy four million baby boomers. I assume she's in that category. I'm probably the oldest baby boomer, seventy one. Quicks I was born in forty six, January eighth of all things. People who began reaching so called retirement age five years ago. That's the baby boomers, and we'll go on reaching the age of sixty six for thirteen more years, and then another generation picks it up. Perhaps a fourth of this 74 million are self-professed Bible-believing Christians, maybe. Millions of those 18 million retiring Christians are financially stable. Millions of them are. And by global standards, rich, really rich. I don't care if they're on fixed income. By global standards, really rich. Oh, what a force for good they can be, we can be, I should say, in the world. So amen. Praise God, Jennifer. God is on you to talk like that. So in answer to to Jennifer's question, my inclination is to simply make two or maybe three important and practical suggestions and and then close with an encouragement. First, when we host the Cross Conference, a bunch of other folks and I, uh, for 18 to 25-year-olds to try to persuade them and inspire them and equip them for long-term cross-cultural missionary work to the unengaged and unreached peoples of the world who don't have the gospel and are perishing. The closing service of that conference every three years is um, always a call to commitment. And the form that we have chosen to give that call goes like this. Do you resolve now, God helping you to seek the confirmation and guidance and support of your local church? That's what we're asking for. To get to the people group to whom you, or to whom God may be leading you. In other words, we put a huge priority on the involvement of the local church in the future ministry of these young people. We don't believe in Lone Ranger Christians or Lone Ranger missionaries or Lone Ranger post-retirement radical servants of Christ. So my first suggestion, Jennifer and everybody else, I hope, lots of people, 
is that um, insofar as it's possible, and I know that not all churches are equipped to do this very well, but insofar as it's possible, seek the involvement of your church in determining your gifts, confirming your sense of calling, helping you discern the needs that you could meet, and and uh, formulating and pursuing those new goals in this chapter of your life, and then getting behind you in prayer in other ways for the for the next season. That's my first suggestion. Be as local church-oriented or rooted as you can be. Here's number two, and this is really specific. There is a group called The Finishers Project. It's online at finishers.org, O-R-G. And the tagline of that ministry goes like this. Finishers Project provides Christian adults with informative information, challenge, and pathways for discovering and processing opportunities in missions short-term or as a next career. As far as practicalities go, you will find, if you go there, that you're not alone in this dream. Lots of people are dreaming with you about this, and it's their burden. This group has the burden to help people precisely in your category, in your stage of questioning how you might make process in discerning what the opportunities of are are and how to get there. And I, I almost thought I would stop with just those two ideas, but it probably shouldn't go without saying that God is so full of joy over your resolve not to waste this last chapter of your life. And I say that because of the, of the way he responded to the prodigal who came home after wasting his life, partly, um, that he will absolutely not fail you. He won't. When you call out to him for help and for guidance in this matter, you are not going to be left to yourselves. He's not going to say, well, we'll see if she can find a place. No, he he's the one who said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And if you find that in your praying, you are becoming the answer to your own prayers, the Lord of the harvest knows exactly where you're needed. And if you cry out to him in all radical submission and obedience, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, he's not going to stand by and let you waste this last chapter. He's absolutely not. He's going to help you. And the last thing, this is by way of encouragement and exhortation, the last thing I would say is be on guard against being lulled to sleep by a dozen conversations that you're going to have with retired believers who have no dream of making their lives count for the glory of Christ and the suffering of the world. They will only be talking about their different toys and their different houses and their different travels and their different vacations and on and on and on. They'll be talking, and if you're not careful, that's going to start sounding normal. And you're going to get sucked in and formulate your dreams that way and where the new condo is going to be and how free from yard work you're going to be and how many fun things you can do and on and on. Only a mighty work of grace, a glorious work of sovereign grace can keep you from fitting into the American way of acting as if heaven 
and all its rest and pleasure begins at retirement instead of death. Heaven begins at death, not sooner. Let me say it again. Trouble-free heaven begins at death. And until then, we say with the Apostle Paul, my passion is that Christ would be magnified in my body, my old aching body, whether by life or by death. That's the great passion of our lives, to make Christ look magnificent and to live to make him, not comfort, look wonderful. God bless you, Jennifer. God bless you as you find his pathway, you and your husband, into the greatest joys of this next Mm. really fruitful season of your lives. Yeah, amen. What a sweet question. Thank you, Pastor John, and thank you for listening to the podcast. And thank you for supporting the podcast for five years now. We appreciate uh, everything that you represent behind what we do. And of course, if you're interested in partnering with us for another year, or maybe for the first time, you can financially do that and donate online at desiringgod.org forward slash donate. That's desiringgod.org forward slash donate. Well, 2018 arrives next week, and I can't believe how fast 2017 passed. It w- It just flew by. And along with new years and new resolutions and new chapters to life, also come clean, fresh Bible reading plans. And next time, I'm going to ask you, Pastor John, about your reading plan and why you use the same one over and over each year and uh, give us some tips and some advice on how to do it well all year long. That's on Monday. I'm your host, Tony Ranke, and we'll see you then.